Bible Treasures Topic 19 Suffering Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we receive through this series of talks. From the last week we are studying the subject of suffering. We are called not only to believe on the Lord but also to suffer for Him. No Christian can escape the school of suffering. In fact, most of the precious lessons in life are learned in the school of suffering. How we handle suffering, that speaks of our maturity. The very call of Abraham, who is called the father of all those who believe, was in a scene of suffering. Turn with us to the book of Genesis 15th chapter, 12th verse. The sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. Behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Look at the 13th word, then God spoke to Abraham. The choice of God's people was also in a furnace of suffering. That's what we read in book of Deuteronomy 4th chapter. Look at the 20th words. The Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace out of Egypt. God chose the people of Israel in the furnace of suffering. As you run through the Bible when you come to the last book of the Bible. The last book of the Bible was given to a man who was going through tremendous suffering and tribulation. Revelation first chapter, look at the ninth words. I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. This being so, we don't need to be scared of suffering. God is holding our hand from beginning to end. How do I say that? The same book of Revelation, first chapter, I will read to you the 17th words. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand on me saying to me, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? I am the first and the last. In other words, as you go through suffering, you must remember, God's hand will be there from beginning to the end of your journey. And the topic that we are considering is how not to suffer. Last week we studied lesson number one. Do not blame or accuse Satan for all suffering. Today we will move on to lesson number two. How not to suffer. Do not be rash with your mouth. Do not be rash with your mouth. In other words, speech is actually a gift from God. Because it is a gift from God, God takes a serious view about our words. Matthew's Gospel, 12th chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ himself made that statement. The 36th verse. 
I say to you, you see, look at the authority. I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Not only our regular words, what we speak during times of suffering, God is all the more serious about it. We want to illustrate it from the life of Job. It was one of suffering and Job endured it so patiently. When you come to the end of the story, you know what was God's judgment. Look at the seventh words and read the last sentence. God was speaking to the friends of Job. The eighth words. You have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. It is not only at the end, from the beginning God had been watching what Job spoke during the time of suffering. Come to the second chapter and look at the tenth words. The last line. All this Job did not sin with his lips. That's very important. Immediately there may come a question. Did not Job curse his birthday? Look at the third chapter. We'll read from verse 1. After this Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Did he not do that? The entire chapter he was just speaking against his day of birth. Why did he do that? Beloved, his pain was not an ordinary pain. It was an inexplainable and unbearable, torturous pain. What we read in the second chapter, verses 7 and 8. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Nothing spared. And he took for himself a portrait with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Come to the seventh chapter. The fifth verse as to what, how he explains his problem. My flesh is caked with worms and dust. My skin is cracked and breaks out afresh. It was worse than perhaps fourth degree burns. It was in such an agony, he was wondering why he should have ever been born. Beloved, God perfectly understands such words which we speak when we go through agony and anguish. Now, if you come with us to Romans 8th chapter, there a theological explanation is given to us for such a situation. The 22nd and 23rd words. The whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. You know, it is actually birth pangs, it is birth pain. Not only they, but we also, who have received the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And we are not alone in that groaning. The Holy Spirit is groaning from within us. The 26th words. It says, we don't know what we should pray as we ought to pray in such situation, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Here we want to point out one important truth. 
Even though Job was wondering why he had ever been born and he was cursing his birthday, he was very careful about his words about God. Look at the first chapter, 22nd verse. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Once again, look at the 42nd chapter, 7th verse. Towards the end of it, what does God say? You have not spoken about me, God is saying, what is right as my servant Job has. And look at the eighth words. And also at the end of it, because you have not spoken of me, what is right as my servant has. So when we talk about being rash with our words, that is essentially about the words we speak about God. Now, other than Job, we have got two other classic examples whom we want to present before you. Number one was Joseph. You know, all through his tribulations and suffering, one very interesting thing, he remained silent. His brothers threw him into a pit. We have no record as to he spoke anything. By false accusation, he was thrown into prison. He could have defended himself before 44. People would have said there will be no smoke without fire. But he never bothered about it. As long as he was concerned, he did not cause fire. He was perfectly relaxed into the hands of God. How do we say that? Come to the end of his story in the last chapter of Genesis. The 20th verse of Genesis 58. He tells his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. His philosophy was, but God. Now that was his security. In the same way you take the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was reviled, when he was uh, accused, and when he was uh, thrown all blames upon, what did he do? He remained silent. You know, that is what is uh, particularly noted by Apostle Peter. First Peter, second chapter. Look at verses 21 and 22. To this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving as an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, and it is further amplified, nor was deceit found in his mouth. However, when we go through suffering, people's remarks may pierce us like arrows, and they may cut us like swords, and they will wound us like stones. At such times, we all may feel like the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But we need to leave the entire matter in the hands of God. Turn with us to the book of Psalms, 41st chapter. And this is about the Messiah. Verses 8 and 9. And evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. He's finished. And who says that? Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, 
who ate my bread, he has lifted up his heel against me. We would like to serve a warning to everyone who is listening to us. Especially when servants of God are going through some suffering or crisis. Never ever speak anything against the servant of God. You know why? God challenges us in book of Romans 14th chapter and 4th verse. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed he will be made to stand because God is able to make him stand. No, he is a servant of God. He is not your servant. Whether he stands or falls, God is able to raise him up. Who are you to judge a servant of another one? Beloved, we should always remember, the wind of adversity may suddenly turn its direction towards you. With what judgment you judged others, the same judgment will be repeated on you. Okay, we must be really silent when we go through sufferings. And we need to speak very carefully about God. Some positive counsel also we want to give you. What are you to speak when you go through moments of despair? Once again, come back to the book of Job. It has got many practical lessons for us. Book of Job, 23rd chapter. We'll read verses 8, 9 and 10. Look, I go forward. He's not there. And backward I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Front I cannot see him. Back I cannot see him. Left I cannot see him. Total darkness and despair. But look at the tenth words. But he knows the way that I think. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as God. I don't know, but God knows. When you go through inexplainable suffering, keep saying, I don't know anything, but God knows everything. And suppose you go through a very difficult time, let us say it is a killing disease that you are suffering from. At that time, you know, we need to confess the promises concerning eternity future. Job was going through such a terrible boil all over his body and it was a terrible skin disease all over his body. It was real agony for him. What did he say? I know my Redeemer lives. Even after the skin, everything is gone. Still in my flesh, that means in my glorified flesh, I shall behold him. You know, he was thinking about that eternity. That's what exactly Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15th chapter. This body is a corruptible body. But this corruptible body and this mortal body should put on incorruptible and that which is immortal. Suppose somebody very dear and near to you is dead and gone. The only way to overcome that sorrow in the situation is to think about eternity. David's dear baby died. 
When the child was sick, he was fasting and praying. When the child died, he washed himself up and he started eating. People immediately asked him, why does the king do like this? When the child was sick and still alive, I expected the child might come back to normal. But now the child is gone. The child will not come to me, but I will go to the child. You know, this is what we call the hope of eternity, faith on the future. It is very natural to feel sorrow and sorry over the dear ones who have passed away. But what does Paul say? I don't want you to be sorrowful like people without hope. Why does he say that? Because at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the dead in Christ shall rise first. He will go only second. He says, with these words, you comfort one another. Words cannot be clearer than this from what we have seen from the Holy Bible. Even if you don't want to speak anything, let us say, to that extent you are grieved and you are sorrowing. Then what should you do at that time? Turn with us to the book of Lamentations, third chapter. Beautifully, this text comes in the book of Lamentations. And look at the 28th verse. Here we can read from verse 27. Good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid it on him. Glory to the name of the Lord for such a teaching from the Holy Bible. How not to suffer. Do not be rash with your mouth. God bless you.